Today is Monday, December 3rd, 2018, and this is Radio Wave. Broadcasting across the world from the Radio Wave studio at Caritas, Alabama. This is Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. And you are hearing a friend of Medjugorje on Radio Wave. We're joining us in just a moment. But first, we wanted to start off by asking a question. Now, we come here and you will speak about the message. And the mission of Caritas is a religious mission based on the apparitions of the Virgin Mary in Medjugorje. didn't start that way, but a friend of Medjugorje over time understood that uh, our mission was to spread solely Medjugorje. But that's not the question that I had for you. The question I had was, is we come and you, we really speak about what would you would consider to be a religious topic. And there's a lot of people out there who have zero interest in religion. We hear from a lot of wives whose husbands don't want to have anything to do with religions. And a lot of times we can't blame them because religion's a pretty boring thing. So how would you answer to people who may be hearing this for the first time or that husband that's sitting next to the wife, or vice versa, that what it is that you have to say tonight is something that they're in need of hearing. I think a general statement that people think religion is boring, in the context of who delivers it makes it boring, and where we are in the world and in the church, it can be boring. I've talked about the puppet and not getting fed from it. And yes, there's some excellent priests out there, but by far and large, we're not getting the food. You say, oh, well, this is a friend of Medjugorje cutting down the priest. I'm not cutting down the priest. Benedict had the U.S. bishops come to Rome and say, what's wrong in America with the church? And the Atlanta bishop was a spokesman that put out the statement after they met that they're going to Mass and they're getting half the food. They get the Eucharist, but they don't get the Bible. And they're leaving Mass. Quote, I'm quote. You go Google this. Go look it up if you don't believe it. I don't remember the bishop's name, but he it was a black bishop of Atlanta. And he said that they leave and they turn on Protestant radio to get the other food, which is the scriptures. And some even go to Protestant churches afterwards because they're not getting fed. So the boredom, religion is very exciting. It's not bored, but it's been made bored by some who are delivering that. And that's what our lady's coming to us. It was our lady who said that it's you who are divided in the divided religion. But faith is in one. And our lady spoke about that in a message yesterday. We're broadcasting the day after because it was Sunday yesterday. Today is December 3rd. But putting all this in context, do you think it was boring watching Noah build that ark? People made fun of him. They didn't believe him. You think it was boring for them? And then the flood? All these things? The Tower of Babel? They wanted to go up to the heavens? And God looks down and see them, and they think they're God themselves. We just got to read an article 
about China that scientists are condemning other scientists because they're going in and genetically modifying embryos now. And they said, this is a territory we shouldn't be going into. Why? Because even them, in their atheism, communism, knows there's certain domains you don't even enter into because that's what happened to Bible. We're so complex, we're growing, we're building the tower to the heavens, and God's going to do something. Does that interest you? Does it sound exciting? This is what the topic should be about religion today, because we're in trouble. Why are we in trouble? Jesus says in the point of man, God, quote, everything happened because man did not obey. That is why there is sorrow in the world. That is the reason for our grief. Our world at this moment is in grief. Our lady is here talking about it. Would you like to travel with Joan of Arc and just watch her from a distance when the Hundred Year War was going on and she saved France within six weeks? We talk about on this broadcast of the messages about money, about government, politics, birth of nations, nations going astray, family, divorce. There is no limit what these things encompass. Because if we're going to be living in eternity, everything has taken place in regard to your question is religious. It is something of the light and something of the dark. That's the real story. We all went to school. If you're going to write a piece, they say do an outline. I never do that because I like do it anyway and I don't do it now when I write. But the outline you're supposed to put the main points. If you want to make the most simplest outline of our world today, you would say the first thing on the outline, the light. Second point would be the dark. Everything goes surrounds that. So don't buy into this lie that we have to be secularized, even in a church, because we have, that there's topics we can't talk about. We should be talking about every single thing, whether it's making steel, iron, changing genetics, whatever the topic has a purpose, because God made everything, and everything is to be of the light, and the devil is doing everything to make things be sorrowful for us, to disobey. So we think we're God now, and we got technologies and things and ways that we're doing that has religious connotations, because it's going to send you in the end to perdition or to the light. Forget about purgatory. It's just two directions in the end. And so everything encompasses that. Our lady's message is here to show us these things, and she has given something very clever in the message she gave for December 2nd yesterday. That has some things in that that are really amazing. It's easy to gloss over it and just say, oh, sweet words. But it's far more than just sweet words. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's December 2nd, 2018 message, given on the day of nonbelievers through Mariana. Dear children, when you come to me as to a mother with a pure and open heart, Know that I am listening to you, encouraging you, consoling you, and above all, interceding for you with my son. I know that you desire to have a strong faith and to express it in the right way. What my son asks of you is to have a sincere, strong, and deep faith. Then every way in which you express it is proper. Faith is a most wonderful mystery. 
which is kept in the heart. It is between the Heavenly Father and all of His children. It is recognized by the fruits and by the love which one has towards all of God's creatures. Apostles of my love, my children, have trust in my Son. Help all of my children to come to know His love. You are my hope. You who strive to sincerely love my Son. In the name of love, for your salvation, according to the will of the Heavenly Father and through my Son, I am here among you, apostles of my love, along with prayer and sacrifice. May your hearts be illuminated with the love and the light of my Son. May that light and love Illuminate all those whom you meet and bring them back to my son. I am with you. In a special way, I am alongside your shepherds. With my motherly love, I illuminate and encourage them that with the hands blessed by my son, they may bless the entire world. Thank you. What are we to think of this message? She says, When you come to me as to a mother with a pure heart and open heart, know that I'm listening to you. Does, does that mean sometimes our lady's not listening to us if our heart's not pure? Our heart's not open? Scripture says that when you're in sin and persist in sin and don't want to leave that sin, then all your prayers fall back on top of your head. And so we see this. Actually, this reminds me of a story with my mother. I was probably nine or ten years old, and I had one of my schoolmates, Michael, come over our house. And we was in the kitchen, and it says, when you come to me, as to a mother, I went to my mother and asked her to do something. I don't remember what the issue was. And she said no, and I smart-mouthed her. The next thing I knew... A big old hand came across my face, flapped me down to the ground, and I fell all the way on my shoulder, flat. Michael was stunned. Michael never did get that kind of discipline. I got up, and I realized she wasn't listening to me at all. I'm not to talk back to her. He went to school that Monday morning telling everybody about what happened and reenacting it, slapping himself, falling on the floor, just dying laughing. I thought it was pretty funny myself. It hurt. It wasn't just a little, it was like being socked. You say, is that abusive? I didn't think so. Because my attitude was that I deserved it. And my mom's not going to listen to me if I'm going to be sassing her. Now, I'm not saying that Blessed Virgin Mary is going to do that to you. But Michael was never disciplined. He was a wild child. His mother got a call like 3 o'clock in the morning and said that he's been in an accident. She says, no, he's in the bed. And he says, no, there's been something terrible happened. She went in the bed, he wasn't there. Michael was killed. He was out doing some bad things and crashed in a car. And a lot of that's related to discipline. And the world's about to crash right now. Our ladies here want us to be listened. And while our lady's not going to give you a slap, her messages really convict you. And it's like throwing cold water in your face. So know that I'm listening to you, encouraging you, consoling you, 
and above all, interceding for you and my son. We're in a most momentous moment that we've never experienced before because we're in a new time that the time couldn't be what it is until now. We've never experienced where man is today, and we're in trouble. And because of that, God is sending a lady, and she said that. Why does she say that? Because she's been commissioned. She's been given the world. This is her moment. This is her time. She said that. She said in the message yesterday, you are my hope. What does that mean? She's speaking to us, her children. You are my hope. Hope for what? She goes on and says, you who strive to sincerely love my son in the name of love for your salvation. So she's here to encourage us to love her son for the purpose of our salvation. Our salvation is at risk. Because we've lost the way. It's our lady who says, you imagine God who you think he is, not who he truly is. We've forgotten him. Even the concept that he is a God of love. Our lady says, I am here among you. She means that. So she's telling us in this message, you pray, you sacrifice, and may your hearts be illuminated with the love and the light of my son. This message has many mysteries in it. Several things being said. Basically, where our faith is today, and she spoke about this faith, a strong faith to express it, and that faith is the most wonderful mystery. But faith is in trouble. So our lady's here to show us about our faith, how sick we are, how far we're from it, that we've lost our faith. But the one thing that we have to have is hold on to faith. That's the only thing that's going to make us get through this situation. The first beginning days of Medjugorje, what was the main message? Faith is beginning to extinguish itself. Faith is changing. Faith is changing in many, many things, from yoga to secularism to many, many other variations. What is faith? There's only one faith. And in the message, she says it's Jesus Christ. But yet she speaks about all God's children, wherever they are. So we have to have faith. And faith in you, speaking of Jesus, is the only thing that's going to help you get through the situation we're in now. I'm 
Michael and I was best friends. He and I were both was the fun of the school. He began to go down a dark road, and I went another road. We separated. I quit hanging around with him. My faith saved me, and he lost his faith. How many people out there like that? I remember getting a phone call. I couldn't believe it. What hurt me the most was I know where he was in his faith. It wasn't good. To this day, I hope he made it. But it's not a good prognosis. 
And how many people out there need you? And that's what I was saying in the message. I am here among you, apostles of my love, along with prayer and sacrifice. May your hearts be illuminated with the love of the light of my son. May the light and love illuminate all those who you meet and bring them back to my son. And this is what you're called for. This is what I was demanding of you. You're not an apostle if you have only self-interest and forget the rest of everybody else. It's strong words to be told. Your life does not belong to you, but is to be spent bringing others to eternal life. You don't own yourself if you're going to be connected to Our Lady. How can you say that? Because she said it. February 25th, 1988. Sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. In the name of love, she said yesterday, for your salvation, according to the will of the Heavenly Father, and through my Son, I am here among you. She, my friends, is here for the salvation of the entire world. She said, June 25th, 2007, God desires the conversion of the entire world. This is serious stuff. We have bad parenting. My parents were strong. Michael's parents were not. They were lenient. They spoiled him. How many children are not getting the attention they need to be getting? And what's happened today? We're in a mess. The whole world's in a mess. How do we fix these things? You got people that our lady said yesterday, help all of my children to come know his love. You are my hope. You may be the person standing between someone and eternity to perdition. We are not taking these messages seriously. June 25th, 1991. There are those who do not take my messages seriously. As for you, I want you to find your message in sacred scripture and take the messages seriously. It's an amazing thing where we are today in the Medjugorje world that we still have practically nobody really dwelling in the messages. Yes, there's people out there. Yes, we do this. But still, we haven't touched the surface. We haven't scratched the surface. And so all this really is more futuristic than it is now because we're not acting. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So God sends the Virgin Mary. She says, I'm here among you. I am with you. And the purpose is to clean up this mess. And the only way to do it is through God's blessing by enough people praying, praying the rosaries, sacrificing, fasting to turn this thing around. And it's going to turn around. The question is, who's going to walk with the light or who's going to go down in the dark? You are important. Our lady says, I need you. She says, I can't do this without you. Contemplate these things. What kind of mess we've made. Here's to the brokens, the misfits and wannabes. The part of you that's just like me. The wallflowers and the holier than those. To the diamonds that are never gonna leave the rough. The rolling stones that are always stuck. The all-nighters and the lost I've never found. This mess, this is as good as it's gonna get. I'm gonna hold you like I know it's gonna be okay. I 
Part of the army, the garbage collectors to clean up this mess. Every blessing, every apparition, every day, things are reversing. We don't always see that. But like I said, I can see now in your hearts my triumph. Things are changing. Things are getting darker. But things are getting more distinct between the other. We're no longer in an amalgamation with light and dark. The separation is taking place. Don't believe and accept those voices that say, we got to be together, we got to be together. No, we got to separate like the early Christians did. And then we be light and draw them to our side. We don't shun them in that sense. We got to be in a position that we can shine our light to them and they'll see the difference. That's the playbook. Separation is very much part of it. Diversity is garbage. Being together is garbage. We are to separate for the purpose of unity. That's how we unify. That's how we grow. That's how we become stronger. 
Our Lady said, As a mother with a pure heart. Another part of the message says, You have a sincere, strong, deep faith. Those two words, pure and sincere. Pure means separate from all extraneous matter. In other words, pure is defined as clear, free from mixture, free from moral defilement, without spot, not sullied or tarnished, incorrupt. You go to the Vatican, you look at John the 23rd, you see him in a glass casket underneath an altar, he's incorrupt. He was known when I was a kid as the happy pope. He was always joyful, and he's laying there. Pure also means holy, genuine, real, true, free from guilt, guiltless and innocent, chaste, free from anything improper. That's a big definition for pure. And our lady says, if you want me to listen to you, I want you to be pure. That's what we have to strive for. We're all unpure because we live in such a tainted culture that you can't even go outside or listen to a song or look out down the street or walk in a grocery store line without something defilement touching you. So purity is something I was calling about. Look at the way the women dressed. They don't even know they're impure. And they cause impure thoughts walking down the streets. Our lady's given us a tall glass of spiritual water to drink. There's more than we can drink because it's hard to see. But she's slowly, slowly showing us. And she says, you have to be sincere in this message yesterday. What does sincere mean? It means pure. Those two words are connected. Pure and sincere. It means unmixed. Are you startled or questioning? Did I say separate? The mixture has to be unmixed. That's the definition of sincere. Unmixed, unhurt, uninjured. Being in reality what it appears to be. Not friend, not simulated, not assumed or said for the sake of appearance. Real. What is real today? What is truth today? Pilate was asking it 2,000 years ago. What is truth? I've come to testify to the truth. Who's testifying to the truth 2,000 years later? Our Lady is here for that. Sincere also means not to be hypocritical or pretended. Our Lady says later in the message of yesterday, you who strive sincerely to love my son. You can say sincerity. What does that mean? It means honest of mind or intentions. Freedom from disguise or false pretense. So let's see what's not in the message. What's the opposite of sincere? Insincere. What does that mean? Not being in truth what one appears to be. Disassembling. False. Deceitful. Not sound. Sometimes it's good to go look at the definitions of what are they saying to get a fuller meaning of what she's intending for us. So for a lady to listen to us, to really hear us, her character is not going to slap you like my mother did, but it worked for me. And our lady is going through a positive, lovely way to get your attention, that we will have my ear. I've told the story before. I went to Medjugorje one time just to petition our lady. Maria was sick. She was at the house. I was the only one there. She knelt down in front of her couch. I'm in the apparition to the right of her. And... During that apparition, what I was doing, I was pouring out my heart to Our Lady because I had some petitions to give her. I came to Medjugorje just specifically for this, to go in front of her and to tell her these things. And you know what she did? Maria says, after the apparition, she said, Our Lady is something strange today. I said, what happened? She says, she leaned over. She tilted her head sideways. 
and leaned over. Immediately, my heart started throbbing. Literally, started racing in my chest. And I realized what it meant. But I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to lead Maria. I said, Maria, what do you think that meant? She says she showed she was listening to us. I went there for that. She's giving me cognition so I can pass this on, how she is, what kind of mother she is. And she says, as a mother with a pure heart and open heart, know that I'm listening to you, encouraging you, consoling you. I was consoled like you can't even believe. Who's had that kind of recognition with their lady? I know she'll listen if your heart's right. And that's what she wants to do is set you apart, pure and sincere, and following her messages with all your heart. On February 2nd, 2014, our lady says, with motherly love, I desire to teach you. Do you believe she's going to teach you? How is she going to teach you? Did the priest in the pulpit? No, she's coming here. And I'm not saying you can't learn from the pulpit, but she's coming here literally to teach you. She says this. She says, take these words seriously. I believe it. And I believed it in the beginning. And I started realizing what all he was doing. I desire to teach you sincerity. Wow. Remember sincerity? Honesty of mind and intentions. Freedom from stimulation and hypocrisy. She's going to teach you that. Why? She says, because I desire that your actions as my apostles be exact, resolute, and above all, did you hear that? Above all, sincere. And again, sincere means pure, unmixed. Being in reality of what it appears to be. We are to be real apostles, real people, real sincere people. For what? She says later in the message, for what? I want you to be fasting, prayer, and purification and reconciliation. You will have the efficiency which I seek of you. That's a strange word. That's a strange word to use. Efficiency. Why do we have to be efficient? Because we have a limited time. She has limited time on the earth. And she's got to make us efficient. We've got to make a right turn, make a full right turn. Every step has to be going forward, nothing backwards. So this encouragement, these words, all these have really profound meaning. What does a lady want to do? She wants you to understand you're somebody. Many people today don't have self-esteem. They're not doing anything. Their work is not gratifying. We have a low self-esteem for many, many people, which brings depression and all kinds of other problems and even sins as a result. Our Lady wants us to know that you're wanted, you're important, you're somebody. That's why she says, what my son asks of you is to have sincere, strong, deep faith. Then every way in which you express is proper. She wants to know that you're somebody that can actually speak about and for her. And she gives the requirements what is necessary for that to happen. And she goes on and says, faith is a most wonderful mystery which is kept in the heart. It is between the Heavenly Father and all his children. It is recognized by the fruits. What does all this mean? You're really somebody. Most people walking on the earth today are just nobodies. We see this in the selfies, the cell phones, Facebook. They're showing people everywhere they walk just like they're in a Hollywood actor. And they take a picture here. You can't go any tourist place without people having these slip poles with the cell phones. It's constant self-grandizing because in reality, there's a truth, as they say so by their actions, that I'm trying to be somebody and I'm nobody. And you're going to be a nobody as long as you keep doing these things. 
when you realize you're nothing and you're nobody and it's God who's somebody and you're in the family of God, then you're somebody. And that's what she said. This is so intimate, this mystery, this wonderful mystery that God the Father is your father. When you realize this, then you know you have great lineage because you're in the family of God. So we have so many people depressed who don't have faith. They don't have faith in themselves, so how can they have faith in anybody else or even in God? The dissolution. Everybody's trying to be somebody. They want to be important. I remember when they came out with the BlackBerry phone and everybody was talking about this. And there was a study done on it that this created self-importance when two or three guys are standing there talking and they get a call or whatever happened with the BlackBerry, they'd step off to the side and talk and made them important. You say, well, I don't do that. Well, the study showed that, that there's a psychological effect on that. But we're seeking to be connected. We're seeking to be somebody. People go into the city. They do these things. They go out partying. They go all this. They want to be with the somebodies. In reality, it's a truth reversed that we are nobodies the way our culture is. And it's everybody's searching for something that they'll never find until they follow what our lady's messages are to be somebody. There's something different Helping us get lifted Helping us forget There's something extra Running in our blood, we're in a hatchback party with the music turned up. Got my head out the window, throwing two fingers up like I'm somebody. As if I'm really somebody. Tonight, I am a big deal. Tonight, I know just how it might feel to be somebody. Like I'm really somebody. Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. She gave birth to Jesus. He's our brother. Jesus gave his mother from the cross to John to us today. And the daughter 
of God the Father is Mary. Your brother's Jesus, your mother's Mary, your father's God the Father, and the Holy Spirit was a spouse to Mary. Do you realize you're in the family of God? And that's why I lay stressing, not just God, but the Heavenly Father. She just doesn't say Father. She says Heavenly Father. Because fatherhood on earth doesn't have a good name now. And it's not necessarily because of the fathers. It's because of the reversal of roles, Hollywood. If you look at anything more ridiculed in the world, it's fatherhood. Because it's not attacked on me as a father or another father out there listening to this or fathers across the world. It's attack against God the Father. My authority comes from God the Father. Satan first is after not Eve, but Adam. That's the first place he wants to attack because it's the closest attack to the fatherhood of God. Why is there so many non-believers? They attribute to fatherhood. But it's not necessarily just their fault. It's because the whole culture hates the male when he's a father. They hate it. Look everywhere. It's denounced. It's ridiculed. It's feminized. And it's damaged the image of God the Father. Where else do you hear it except in Christianity where it says, it is between the Heavenly Father and all of His children. That's as clear as it gets. And what is His name? Is it just Father? Our Lady says, in the name of love, for your salvation according to the will of the Heavenly Father, and through my Son. There you have all of it right there. The Son, the Father, who is love, and who you are in your position. Every year in the field of apparitions, we have three big fires representing the Trinity. Our Lady's in the middle of that. I've said over and over, no creature, no angel, everybody together, all the holiness, none of them can penetrate to the deepness of the Holy Trinity as the Virgin Mary. Our mother. She's not putting out a concept. She's putting out a real, something sincere, that you are in a family. You are there by somebody. You don't need all these external things showing who you are, where you are, where you're traveling, talking to. You don't need these things. In fact, the more I prayed with the first cell phone out of five first sold in Birmingham back a long time ago, when there were a monstrosity and big thing, I got rid of it. I felt an aversion to it. It's part of my cognition. The fact that I went to the first thing, what's the next thing to do in your business? But because I prayed, I realized this thing was bad, and it's going to end up bad, and it is. So people forgot who they are, and they're trying to be somebody through it. You don't need that stuff. In fact, it's harmful. You don't even have the mentality to understand my words now, but you will one day, because the Tower of Bible is going to be destroyed. And peace will descend. Our Lady's here for a plan, for a purpose. we got three secrets coming. This is going to happen. So it's better to be in preparation for this. We have so many youth have wiped out totally their childhood. From almost infancy all the way to teenagers to adulthood. Because all their time, all their memories surround their cell phones, games, and electronics, and computers. What kind of memory are they making? They're going to have terrible memories because they don't have any. Our children here, from morning to dark, they play. 
they create so many miracles. They come up to the studio door, sometimes when we're broadcasting, wanting to tell us something. They come up on the third floor here throughout the day to recite a message to get a snack. And I always stop and talk to them and cut up with them. And they got different memories. And they're usually telling me a story what just happened outside or this took place or whatever. Our calf was just born. This is rich. This is memory. They're going to be able to call back and tell the children. In fact, my granddaughter called me last night. And she says, my mom was telling about my dad. We put a little small Christmas tree in our sunroom. Those who visit our house with the bedroom apparitions, you go out the door to the sunroom. And they said, can we put up a little Christmas tree in there too? And we could put some things on there and petitions or some decorations on it. I said, sure, you can do that. That'd be great. But see, that was a memory that my son, their father, told them enough that he, I've actually forgot about it. But it was enough memory for him that brought sweetness that mom and dad had told, my son and daughter-in-law, that it incited them enough that they want to do that. That's from a memory. We have today, what Yaakov said, is the tyranny of memory. We have kids and children and people raised who are so scarred They have so many terrible memories that Yaakov was asked after seeing heaven, hell, and purgatory, what was his thoughts about that? Yaakov asked the Blessed Mother, and she said, for us to be careful with the problem of tyranny of memory. That's a very profound thing. If you go to Yaakov, you're in a group, and say, tell us about heaven, hell, and purgatory. He talks about heaven. He talks about purgatory. I will not tell you anything about hell. The tyranny of memory haunts him. He don't want to speak about it. I've been with Mariana three times, asked her what the devil looked like when he appeared. She's trying to open her mouth and start it, and she stopped. Three times she couldn't do it. She said, I just can't speak of it. The tyranny of memory. People who live in hell go to hell, but some children are raised in the middle of hell, in the family, where there's no love, where hatred and dissension, which knows no bounds and no peace. It's total destruction. And so if you got that going in your house in different situations, what do they escape to? The cell phone, that's going to be your memory. But I tell you one thing that's going to be part of the tyranny of these generations we have now with this electronics is they have no memory. Maybe a few sports and things like that. But all the hours in this, they're not going to have any memory except doing that. What joy comes from that? What pleasure comes from that? What kind of life comes from that? Nothing what I said the other day on Mesonomics. It's electronic nothing. It gives you nothing. There's no value to it. There's value for our children to go out and play with baby pigs. There's value for our children to go out in a rainstorm when we have to clean up every day and they get in the mud. They're making memories, and it's beautiful. And then we eat supper at night. We go to the auditorium when we're working together, and they're going crazy in the auditorium, playing. Not like idiots, just joy. Just just happy. You don't see this anywhere. If you could crack the door and look at what these children, you would say, why are these kids so happy? Because they wake up and they play and they go to bed playing. Free play. That doesn't exist today. And so what are you going to remember? What's going to be in your memory? Tyranny of memory? You got to do what a lady says. Be careful with the problem. She didn't say be careful with tyranny of memories. The Blessed Mother Ask us to be careful of the problem of the tyranny of memories. A lot of people have bad memories today. The darkest hours they think about, and it mentally can affect you. And we have a lot of people being affected this way. 
and he's here to change that, to heal it, to be prayed, to be healed from the tyranny of memory. And I can say for this generation, it's going to be the lack of memory, which is a bad memory. We live in a dangerous world. We live in a wonderful world. And the most wonderful mystery, or one of them, is faith. And where's your children? Where's the youth? Even young adults, where's their faith? It's in their little God they hold. You can say, I'm tired of hearing Friend Medjugorje say this. Our Lady says things for the last 37 years. Are you tired of hearing that? She's never mentioned cell phones. She has. She just doesn't say the name. She's talking about the idols, the glitter. Don't be mesmerized by these things. Materialism, consumerism, all these things. Useless chatter. But you can't see it if you're connected to what she's talking about because you're blind to it. So what are you going to remember? Your darkest hours? Are you going to have pain in your memory? Is this what you want to remember in your life? Are you going to have beautiful moments made? Like my granddaughter calling last night, just hearing about it. She was so enthralled. Can we do this? Can we put the little Christmas tree there? Sure, let's do that. They're living and wanting to put into action a memory of what came from the previous generation. We have lost these things. And it's tragic. And our lady is trying to get us to go back to those things. When I cannot breathe Fear is on my chest The weight of the world on me Everything's crashing down Everything I have known When I wonder if I'm all alone I remember
everything is crashing down, what will you remember? You have to make memories. You can make bad memories or good memories. Beautiful memories. Never stop thinking about Our Lady and her goodness and the Father and his goodness and his son, her son, who's coming this Christmas. Come to the field of apparitions. You can encounter Jesus in the manger. If you want to feel Christmas, if you want to make a memory, you've never been here through December 8th to the 12th, we invite you. The whole purpose is to leave here with a memory and a heart full of faith of a wonderful mystery of really celebrating the coming of the Messiah in the field of apparitions. Spread this. Make a spontaneous moment to have a memory if you've never been here through Christmas in the field, you will not regret it. We're in a moment of making history in our past that we can recall later. That will be our greatest joys to remember. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.